Hello and welcome to the Travis Macy Show podcast. This is Travis. I'm an athlete, author, speaker, and coach from Salida, Colorado. Coming in with a quick episode today. This is the Pure Ski Mountaineering Report presented by Hagan Ski Mountaineering. Uh, Skimo, Ski Mountaineering, Randonnée Skiing. Uh, This is a Somewhat obscure, but growing, and in my opinion, absolutely awesome sport that many of us practice here in Colorado and across the Mountain West and also in the East Coast and throughout Canada and into Europe. In fact, in Europe, this is a uh, a big sport and it's going to be an Olympic sport. Um, I'm bringing you some quick episodes here to uh, help you learn about this sport and maybe practice it a bit more yourself. So without further ado, this is me and my friend Mike Hogan from Hagan Ski Mountaineering talking about the great sport of Skimo. Hey folks, welcome to the Pure Ski Mountaineering Report by Hagan. I'm Travis from the Travis Macy Show podcast. And I'm Mike Hogan from Hagan Ski Mountaineering. And today we're talking about ski mountaineering racing, skimo racing. It's super exciting. It's coming to the Olympics. There's all this energy behind it. Uh, Mike, this is something that you and I have uh, enjoyed doing now for for a number of years. Um, really, it's my favorite wintertime sport. Uh, Mike, tell us about one of your first uh, skimo races. What happened to you out there? I'm I'm glad you asked, but my first race experience, we were very inexperienced, but like anything, I mean, I started off as a runner, I became a triathlete, I cross-country skied, and, um, you know, eventually you do ski mountaineering enough, You somebody says, hey, why don't you do one of these races? You get to go experience, you know, cool mountains and do, th- do things like that. So someone convinced uh, myself and my friend Russ Capius to do the Breck Five Peaks race. Um, we were again, very experienced bicycle racers and, you know, done a lot of, you know, ski racing and Nordic skis, et cetera, but never a schemo race. And so the very first race we, we, you know, of course, you know, go right to the front or go as hard as we can together because we're a team race. Um, but I recall, um, you know, being on a ski area and then dropping into a single track that had several kick turns and we came along my friend, um, uh, Mark Googe and his buddy, Nick Ramey. Nick was uh, upside down in a tree well with his skis <laughs> sticking out and he couldn't get out. Like he was stuck like a turtle upside uh-huh. down. So, yeah. You know, we, we tried to help him out and, and, um, and do that. But I remember laughing like, Oh my God, what is this sport going to do? What is this going to, what's going to happen further along in the race? We were on our fifth climb and my buddy Russ, um, his skins failed. He could not, get his skins to adhere to his skis. And mm-hmm. thankfully Pete Swenson showed up uh, mm. and said, you dummies, like you always carry two pairs of skins. <laughs> and he duct taped Russ's uh, skins to his skis. And we were able to complete the final climb, rip off the duct tape and skins and finish. But it was two very interesting lessons of, you know, ski mountaineering racing, 
that's very different from any other type of racing. All right. Wow. Good for you guys. And uh, boy, shout out there to some folks like Pete Swenson, one of the godfathers of uh, ski mountaineering here in America. And I can attest that Nick Ramey is still alive. I uh, received communication <laughs> from him recently. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I was thinking about my my first ski mountaineering race, uh, I believe was was in late 2009. And it was right here uh, near Salida at, at Monarch, you know, where I now uh, train and, and ski for fun a lot. And, and similar to you, I went into it and I had, you know, these ideas in my mind, like, oh, I'm a good mountain runner. You know, I could, I could, I could win this schema race, you know, <laughs> and, and I got out there and the gun went off and I took off running, Mike. And I was literally, I wasn't skiing uphill. I was running with skis on taking strides and, and every single stride, my foot went up and down. And, uh, you know, if anyone has skinned up a hill before, you may have learned that, uh, that running is not the best thing to do. In fact, you want to have a nice smooth skinning motion where the ski is is uh maintaining contact with the ground. So uh anyway, I was I was winning that one for a good 50 yards and until the real skiers uh <laughs> you know flew flew past me. And you know, I, I I remember maintaining uh I think Brian Smith was in the lead, you know, another uh legend of the schemo world. And uh and and I wasn't that far behind at the top of the first climb, but then it was time to to first transition where I lost a lot of time and then you had to ski downhill. And that's when I really realized I was out of my league because I was just in survival mode trying to, trying to make it down, you know, these things and, and the good skiers, um, you know, as they still do, the, the top skiers really ski fast and aggressively on very lightweight, uh, ski mountaineering gear. So, um, anyway, I, I, I learned, I learned I had, I, I knew I had a lot to learn and, and, uh, and I did, and I've, you know, I've never been the best or anything, but I've gotten better and better. The skills have come along the downhill skiing, and it's been a fun journey. That's great. I, I think about mountain bike racing and, you know, we always said that, oh, everybody that wins the mountain bike race is the guy that can get to the top. The mm. downhill really doesn't matter all that much. Although I think that that's changed a lot more. Yeah. Um, yesterday I raced at a basin. We did four laps up and down a basin yep. and my friend and sort of, um, scrambling mentor, Simon Testa, mm. he passed me on the uphill every time. And Simon's from, uh, England. So he hasn't spent a lot of downhilling time. So I passed him on the downhill every yep. time, but the speed at which I overtook him on every downhill was, was kind of staggering yeah. and he would get in transition and start churning uphill. And that guy can go uphill really yep. well, but, yep. um, but it was kind of fun going back and forth, looking at you know, different various skills that, that people excel at or need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And, and again, the, uh, the top athletes, you know, the men and women, uh, in America and, and overseas who excel in ski mountaineering, they have the full package. They are the fastest of the fastest going uphill and also, uh, going downhill. Um, so, so some of the places just briefly, you know, some of the great ski mountaineering races that are out there, people may have heard of, uh, the grand traverse. Uh, we talked about that on episode 60, uh, of, of my podcast. That's a classic starts at, at midnight, uh, in, uh, in Crested Butte, Colorado and goes through the mountains and finishes in Aspen, Colorado. Uh, that's a, you know, pretty extreme as far as, as conditions go. Uh, we got the power. You got a pretty good story with that one, though. Too. I mean, you finished with a guy <laughs> that skied that race with one arm. That that's that is true. Our 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 close mutual friend Jamie Kilcoin uh broke his 
he he had it was a freak crash he hit his elbow we think on like a piece of rebar or something that was like that was in the trail it, and this is a couple hours into you know a race that's gonna take uh you know for the winners maybe six hours for us maybe more like you know eight ten hours or something and Anyway, Jamie announced that his arm was broken, but he wanted to continue. And, and you know, most people I would have said, are you kidding me? And I said, all right, well, let's try it, Jamie. And we continued and we made it. So, um, yeah, definitely made for made for a good story. Um, how about the the power of four? I know you've done that one a lot, Mike. Uh, you've done that, uh, what, with friends, with family over the years? Yeah, I've, I, I wouldn't call myself a partner killer, but I've had multiple partners <laughs> in the Power of Four. Power of Four happens to be my favorite uh, race of all. I mean, up over the four, you know, Aspen Valley Mountains, Snowmass, Tyhack, uh, Aspen Highlands, and, and Ajax. Um, I've had the most fun recently. I've gotten to ski with my daughter, Anna, who is mm. 27. Um, yep. And she's uh, she's a tiger and a great skier. Um, I chase her on the downhills and um you know she chases me on the uphills so we're pretty good partners um but it's just a wonderful experience and they do a great job with that race yeah yeah one of my one of my just favorite e- events overall as well super dynamic um challenging downhill skiing for you know for me like i i think I spent a lot of time thinking about skiing down that Congo trail, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> that's one of the things that you wake up thinking about at 3 a.m. I won't say any more about the Congo because I don't want to scare people away. Um, there's also, uh, you know, some great uh, sort of local kind of weekday races at Arapaho Basin, at Breckenridge, uh, maybe at Eldora and Steamboat, uh, maybe some places on the on the East Coast and or, um, you know, other other areas of of the country. Yeah, I mean- just one, just one to mention, Travis. The the New England Rando series, mm. um, run by a guy by the name of Jonathan Chefs, uh, out east. He puts on a series. I want to say it's six different races, um, but really great race uh, quality and racers out there as well. Nice, nice. Um, and then at the uh, you know kind of the national level again, as we look forward to ski mountaineering joining the Olympics in twenty twenty six. Uh, the U.S. Ski Mountaineering Association uh, kind of sanctions some of these races. So there's a, a national championship uh, that they have individual nationals, team nationals. They have age group nationals, some great uh, kind of junior national championship uh, races. And, and that's something people can find on the uh, the U.S. Ski Mountaineering uh, website. And, and then there's, uh, there's some cool ones in Europe, right? You're, I think you're planning on going to one, uh, this year, huh, Mike? I've never ski raced in Europe. And for my first one, yeah, we are signed up. We'll find out at the end of uh, November, if we are accepted to the PDG, the patrol de glaciers from Zermatt to Verbier, I don't know, 34 miles and 14 K of, of vert. Uh, teams of three. So my friend, uh, Dave Zink and Scott Richards and myself are, are a team, you know, traveling over the glaciers. You have to be roped together as a um, a patrol team. You're not racers; mm. you're patrollers in Switzerland. So yep. that's a a big uh, big one in April for me. Excellent, yeah, and and highly technical. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to go to Europe as well. There's one called the Piera Menta, and and likewise, I've been lucky to do a lot of uh, summer racing in Europe over the years, um, but but never skiing, and and I haven't been there in the winter. So this is you know a combination of uh, of of a of of a trip of a fun experience, and also kind of you know doing doing some some sweat and and hard work, and and that one the Piera Menta is a four day stage race uh where you're you know 
know, sleeping in between, uh, I, I think probably in hostels. I'm imagining me and a bunch of other like real sweaty uh, guys in, in bunk beds or something. Sounds glamorous. <laughs> yeah. And, and let's let's pray for snow so there's way more skiing and less running because after all it is a ski race right yep yeah absolutely and finally just a brief mention of uh as we've seen in the running and cycling worlds um some people have been exploring kind of these fastest known times fkt's journeys if you will you, you know on on skis and that could be something uh like the spearhead traverse in british columbia uh a few people i know have tried to ski the nolan's 14 uh route wow. i don't know that it's been done yet um and again something like that you know you're getting into a whole lot of backcountry safety knowing the conditions finding the right snow all that kind of stuff uh there if people want to google online uh there's a cool video up about a project some guys did uh called ski hard rock where they uh skied over three days uh roughly the hard rock 100 uh run course um and that was kind of a, a neat uh one-time project i don't know that it's been repeated uh and <laughs> maybe never will um we shall see yeah. yeah sounds epic um yeah no it does and, and all this stuff you know you can click around online find these pretty easy uh rocky mountain schemo.com uh is probably the the website that it, that, that will have uh quite a comprehensive calendar and, and a number of races that uh, that those guys are uh, are putting on. So, um, thanks for listening, everyone. Mike, thanks for uh, for sharing your uh, your your stories. Um, and this has been the Pure Ski Mountaineering Report by Hagan. Uh, you can find Hagan at haganskimountaineering dot com, and you can find my podcast, the Travis Macy Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, folks, want to tell you real quick about the one supplement that me and my dad Mace take every day for lifelong brain health this is relevate by neuro reserve you can check out neuroreserve.com slash travis macy for 15 percent off relevate one soft gel and two capsules daily again it's a supplement that provides core dietary nutrients for lifelong brain health Check out neuroreserve.com slash Travis Macy for 15% off Relevate. Well, guys, thanks as always for listening. Uh, I hope that you have a chance to get out and do some winter sports this season, uh, possibly including ski mountaineering. And if you're thinking about uh, training for anything, be that adventures or events, uh, please consider me as a coach. Check out travismacy.com and click on my endurance coaching information. You can also uh, find my book the Ultra Mindset and a Mile at a Time on that site. And one other thing to consider, uh, finally, I am going to do the Leadville 100 mountain bike race this year uh, along with the team from the Chris Klug Foundation. We are raising money 
to support organ and tissue donation and transplantation. Uh, this, as you may know, is a cause that's very important to me. Uh, my mom, Pam, happens to be the recipient of not one, not two, but three life-saving organ transplants. Uh, she got a liver transplant in 1990. She got a kidney from her brother, Uncle B, Uncle Bry, uh, about 10 years after that. And uh, Uncle Bry's kidney worked for about 15 years until it started petering out. And uh, thankfully, she got another kidney from her other brother, Uncle Eric, uh, in 2017. Um, little known fact, Uncle E did the Leadville 100 run just eight months after donating a kidney. And if that's not a testimony uh, for kidney donation, I don't know what is. Uh, furthermore, shortly after that, my dad wanted to uh, give back uh, to that world of transplantation, and uh, he donated one of his kidneys um, to a guy who needed one, uh, which I think is pretty cool. So anyway, um, I'm trying to support that mission by uh, racing with the Chris Klug Foundation this year in the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. Uh, if you are thinking about uh, donating for any causes this year, please think about that. You can find the link at runsignup.com slash Travis Macy CKF. Uh, that link is also on my Instagram at Travis Macy and on my Facebook page uh, and also on my website, travismacy.com. Hey guys, thanks as always for listening. Uh, wishing you a wonderful time out there and we will catch you soon again on The Travis Macy Show. The Travis Macy Show is part of the Palm Tree Pod co-network of podcasts. It is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. The content for this episode is created by me, Travis Macy.